to Awakening the Sleeping Giant. I'm your host, John. This podcast is based off of my newest book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered. If you would like to be on the show, you may email me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. I am looking forward to the show today. Let's get started. Okay, guys. Uh, So today, we are going to talk about a topic that seems to honestly be quite controversial in the world today uh, and even within the church today. So I want to, first of all, make sure that we have uh, the proper understanding of the word before we get into uh, some of this discussion. So first I want to talk about the word love. What does love mean uh, from a biblical perspective? Um, And I believe it's really important for us to understand this because what I'm going to talk about um, later on in this episode really revolves around love. How do we love as believers and what does that look like so I'm going to uh, reference quite a bit of scripture here Um, I will be also looking at the Strong's Concordance uh, for the original interpretation the original language that is used be talking about those definitions here briefly so we have an understanding of what um, biblical love really is first I am I'm going to be looking at the scripture where it gives us the greatest command. Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And his response is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Um, And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I think where problem arises um, is that love your neighbor as yourself. What we have done with the word love is we have actually turned that word into a feeling or into acceptance, that is not what the Bible says the word love is, especially here in this instance. And so we are we are looking at Matthew 5 verses, I believe it's 42 through 43. And the word that is used here for both loving God and loving your neighbor, it's the same word and it's agapeo. And so that word from the Strong's uh, Concordance means uh, love, wish well, take pleasure in, long for, denotes the love of reason or esteem. Okay, So when you start looking at some of the study notes, you know, on how this is used from the biblical perspective, proper interpretation of this word agapeo or love is for the believer to live through Christ, embracing God's will, which means choosing his choices and obeying them through his power, uh, refers to what God prefers as he is love okay so we have to understand that as christians when we are loving ourselves and we are loving god and we are loving our neighbors what that means is that we are embracing god's choices and obeying them through his power 
So that means if we personally or somebody else is not obeying what God's will is or not obeying what God chooses for us to do, and we accept that and we think that's loving them because we're not hurting their feelings, that is not love. In fact, it would be the opposite of love and it would be hating. Because if you think of that, if love means embracing God's will, choosing his choices and obeying them through his power, if that's what love means, but we think that we are loving somebody because we are accepting the choices they make and we are willing to not you know, hurt their feelings and we call that love and those choices they're making are not in accordance to God's will, then we're not by definition loving that person by accepting what they're doing. Biblical love has nothing to do with accepting somebody's actions or not hurting somebody's feelings. We have to understand that. Now, if you think of it from a, a parent perspective, if your child is doing something wrong, if, you're, if your child is doing something against your will and you discipline them, you're not hating them. You're actually loving them because you're disciplining them so they do and they live a life that's in their best interest. You're not concerned with how they feel or if you hurt their feelings or if they're mad at you because you know they'll get over that, right? What you're concerned about is loving them through your will for them. And that's how Christians are to love other people is we love them through God's will for them. And so if somebody is going against God's will and we don't address that and we don't bring that to the attention of those people, we are by definition not loving them. So that's that's important, okay, for us to understand. So that is what we are going to be looking at today. So what does love have to do with it? What does love have to do with how do Christians approach sin within the church, sin within, you know, close relationships to us, you know, within either a close friend group or within our family group. And this really comes from a discussion that we had just last night. My wife and I, uh, we were over at uh, some new friend's house. They're believers. Um, we've been gathering together as a group of four couples for dinner. And what I love about this is that the whole purpose we're getting together is just to have dinner together and, and to get to know each other better. There's no Bible study. You know, there's nothing like that. You know, we typically come together and we've been playing games. But what I love about it when, when believers come together is Jesus always comes up. Something about the church always comes up because that's how we're living. That's our life. That's who, who we're becoming. And so the conversation started to come up, you know, about, um, you know, particular patterns of sin, you know, existing in the lives of some of some of our friends' families. And, th and they weren't sure how to address that because they didn't want to hurt feelings. They didn't want to offend somebody. You know, and that's a very uh, normal response to somebody living in sin. And so one of the questions that came up from a couple of you know, our friends there were like, man, like, how do we address this? How do we approach this, you know, without you know, hurting somebody's feelings or without offending somebody? Because we don't, we don't want to do that. And so we just kind of started talking about that. And, and I, I actually said, I was like, man, like, but this is something the church really needs to be teaching on. You know, it's it's a hard it's a hard teaching, and the Bible actually gives us a way to address this and what to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So what does love have to do with it? If we look back at love 
uh, from the perspective that we were talking about, right? Which is embracing God's will and obeying them through his power, right? If that's how we are loving people and loving God and loving ourselves, then we can look at some of these other scriptures that are extremely difficult for many Christians to accept. What I want to do is look at Matthew 10, 34. If you are at home and you have your Bible, I would really suggest you grab your Bible, open it up. And so in Matthew 10, uh, verses 34 uh, through, I'm gonna read uh, 34 through 32. Jesus makes, he makes an extremely offensive comment. And, and this is what he says. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. But remember, Jesus still loves, okay? Jesus is still loving there because Jesus is love. So the disowning, of those who do not acknowledge the Father is love. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now that does not sound like love from a worldly perspective, does it? He goes on, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Now, because Jesus is love, that statement is love. So what on earth does that mean? Well, if we are defining love from the biblical perspective and we have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, we begin to understand it. He goes on to say, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Now, guys, that is contrary to what the world is teaching on love. Jesus is saying we cannot love other people more than we love him. And when we look at love being, you know, following the will of God, we cannot love other people more than the will of God. And picking up our cross daily means that we are daily choosing to love God by choosing to walk in his will through the power of the Holy Spirit and loving other people through that same way. So if somebody is not picking up their cross daily, if somebody is not walking in God's will, loving them cannot be accepting their choice, right? Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Guys, do you notice that it does not say anybody that you welcome welcomes me? No, it says anybody who welcomes you welcomes me. That's important. What Jesus is saying is we have a commitment to truth. We have a commitment to live out and speak God's will. And when we do that, Jesus says, when we speak out truth, 
when we love other people, those that welcome that truth, those that welcome us, also welcome Jesus. And anyone who welcomes Jesus is welcomed by the Father. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Do you notice that it does not say who whatever righteous person accepts a person? It does not say that. It says whoever welcomes a righteous person. Those not following the will of God are the ones who have to accept us, not the other way around. We have switched God's word. We have, we have twisted it to make love about the church accepting everybody. And that is not what the Bible teaches. In fact, Jesus does not accept everybody, right? The father does not accept everybody. Because back up in 33, it says, whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father. Guys, everybody is not accepted. And you have to accept that. That is a hard truth that the church is not teaching. 42, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Guys, we are called to love others in a biblical way, and that is in accordance to the will of God, not the will of that other person, okay? We cannot love others and accept their sin at the same time. So if you have somebody in your family or in your close relational group and they are living in a lifestyle of sin, and I'm just going to specifically talk about the sexual identity issue because that seems to be the biggest issue right now. If you have somebody in your family that is going through a gender change, if you have somebody in your family that is a homosexual, if you have somebody in your family that defines themselves as non-binary, transgender, or any other array of, of sexual identity issues, and you are accepting it, you are praising it, and you are supporting it, you are not loving that person based on what the Bible teaches. How can you love somebody else, especially your family member, and accept and support something that they're doing that is clearly against God's will? It is impossible to do. You cannot love somebody and allow them to live in hate. It's, it's not possible. So the first thing is that it has to be addressed. What, so one of the answers as to how do we love others is to address those problems in the lives of those around us, right? We need to address it. We need to talk about it. We cannot be afraid about hurting feelings or offending somebody. Now, we don't want to try to do that. Right? We're not intentionally you know, going out and being rude about it. We want to come across in a loving manner, but we cannot ignore it. We have to talk about it. We have to bring it up because there's a lot at stake. So now what I want to do is really talk about, okay, so now we have talked about it, right? We've brought it up and nothing changes. So what do we do? What do we do? with this situation. And so we are going to look at um, 1 Corinthians 5, 
Um, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read the whole, the whole chapter, 1 Corinthians 5, okay? And so it's going to be 1 through 13. So it is actually reported that there is sexual immoral, immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. Okay, guys, this is something that Paul is saying even non-Christians don't tolerate. Even pagans do not tolerate this. And this is what it says. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of the Lord Jesus, on the one who has been doing this. Guys, we need to pass judgment on those that are not living in accordance to God's will, because that is love. So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of the Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Guys, God is saying through his scripture, because remember, God is love, that if a man is sleeping with his father's wife to hand him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so his spirit may be saved, that is love. That is bold. That is crazy, crazy, crazy love. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens a whole batch of dough? Guys, we cannot be boasting about sexual immorality taking place in our world. And this, do you not know that a little yeast leavens a whole batch of dough? What that means is just a little bit of sin ruins an entire society. And we are seeing that today with sexual identity issues, right? It started with homosexuality and now it's gone as far as little kids, saying that they're not a male or, or female anymore and they're getting the right to say that and change their gender. The, the, the whole batch of dough is completely ruined. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Don't forget that. The love of God is a love that sacrificed his own son to die on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. Don't forget that. That is love. And then he rose again three days later so we can be forgiven. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with an unleavened bread of truth or of sincerity and truth. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral people. Okay, guys. So right there, do not associate with sexually immoral people. That's the answer. Not, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In this case, you have you have to leave this world. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. 
do not even eat with such people. So he's saying, do not associate with sexually immoral people. And he's not talking about the people of this world here. We need to, we need to leave that world, but we still need to talk to those people who are not saved, who are immoral, greedy swindlers. We need to talk to them because we need to share the gospel with them, right? We need to share Jesus with them. But those that are claiming to be Christians, but are sexually immoral, greedy, idolaters, slanderers, drunkards, swindlers, we are not to associate with those people. Do not even eat with such people, God says in his word. We are not doing that in the church today. We think loving them is accepting them and not hurting their feelings and no, all of this stuff. No, like God says, do not eat with them. Do not associate with any Christian who is living a lifestyle of sin. What business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? We don't judge those outside of the church in their sin because it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter, right? Our job with those outside of the church needs to be sharing the truth and the gospel. And when we do that enough, they're going to leave. They're going to leave automatically anyway. Um, if we continue to preach truth, they have one of two choices. It's either to accept it or leave. But that does not mean we are not to address the topic in general. We do need to address the topic in general. So are you not to judge those inside? So inside the saying, like, no, we are to judge Christians who are living in lifestyle of sin. That is our responsibility. God will judge those outside. God will judge those outside of the church. That is God's job to judge them. It is our job to, to minister to them and evangelize them. It is God's job to judge them. But we are to judge those inside the church in, in accordance to love, which is the will of God. Expel the wicked person from among you. You cannot call yourself a Christian and continually live in a sexually immoral life. It's, it's not possible. And us as the church, we cannot allow sexually immoral people to be among us. We have to expel those people from the body who are living a sinful lifestyle. Now to the world, that does not sound like love, but it is love. Because if we, if we act like we accept, accept them and welcome them in, what we are doing is we're actually lying to them and making them think that it's okay. And we're actually doing them more damage than expelling them from among us. And that is hard for us to understand. That is hard for us as a people to accept because we are emotional creatures. We are emotional beings. We don't like to have our feelings hurt. We don't like to be offended. So we don't like to hurt other people's feelings and we don't like to offend. But guys, the gospel message is the most offensive message in the world because we are called to lay our lives down and pick up our cross daily and love God and love others in accordance with to the will of God, which is righteousness. That is a lot to take in. So now let's switch over to 1 John 2.25. This is another very difficult teaching. And so I'm going to read verses 15 through 29. It says, do not love the world or anything in it. Okay, do not love the world. So remember, love meaning in accordance to God's will. So that means anything that is not in accordance to God's will, we are not to love. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So that means if anybody loves anything, 
that is against the will of God, that person cannot love the Father. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So remember, love is living out the will of God. So we could turn that sentence into the world and its desires pass away, but whoever loves will live forever. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going out showed that none of them belonged to us. And what that is referring to is referring to people who claim to be part of the church, but because they disagreed with some of the will of God, they left and kind of started their own congregation. Sound familiar? But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Okay, so right there, we have to realize that because we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit, for those that have been anointed by the Holy Spirit, we know the truth. We know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. Okay, so what does it mean for it is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ? It is anybody that is loving, quote unquote loving, in a manner that is not according to God's will. It's anybody that is accepting or living out anything that is not in accordance to God's will. That is denying Jesus Christ. Because you cannot accept Jesus as Christ and not love people. You cannot accept Jesus as the Christ and accept anything that is against God's will. That doesn't make sense. So if you have accepted the fact that somebody in your relational group has chosen to re-identify themselves sexually, if they have chosen to identify themselves as homosexuals and you have accepted that, you are denying Christ. And that is according to scripture. Because that is scary. We need to be careful of what we are accepting. We got to be careful, guys. No one who denies the son has the father. Whoever accepts the son has the father. Guys, whoever accepts anything outside of the will of God, the Bible says that we do not have the son or the father, or you do not have the son or the father. That's scary. And how many of you claim to be followers of Jesus? How many of you go to church every Sunday and yet you have people in your family or in your close relational group that is choosing to live a lifestyle outside of the will of God and you've accepted it. Think about what that means. Think about what that means. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. What that means is nothing changes. The gospel is the gospel and the truth of God is the truth of God. Nothing changes. So if you are believing something new, if you believe that somewhere in scripture it says that homosexuality is okay, you're wrong. 
because that is not what you heard from the beginning. That is not what you've always believed. If it does remain in you, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And that is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Because there are people trying to lead us astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. If you have accepted Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, you know what's wrong. You know the truth. But the Bible says that if you choose to ignore that truth, you're not remaining in him. Think about that for a minute. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Guys, there is a right and a wrong. And what is right is anything that is in accordance to the will of God. And that means anything that is wrong is anything that is not in accordance to the will of God. And we as the church cannot accept those things that are against the will of God. We cannot accept that. And guys, this, this is a teaching that we are not learning. And I am so fearful for so many of you who have fallen prey to those that are trying to deceive. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to love God and love others in accordance to the will of God, because that is true love. First John 4, 7 through 21 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. We love because he first loved us. 
Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother and sister is a liar. Remember, love is living out the will of God. So hating your brother and sister is accepting their lifestyle that is not in accordance to the will of God. And that makes you a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Guys, it is critically important that we understand biblical love because it does not mean acceptance. It does not mean acceptance. Love has to do with the will of God. There's so many people who have been fooled thinking that love is accepting or love is not hurting somebody's feelings. And that is the farthest from the truth. Guys, the word for love that is used in 1 John 4 that, that I had just talked about is agape. That means love which centers around moral preference. So the love that that scripture just talked about is a love that is centered around what God prefers as moral. And anything outside of that is not considered love. Guys, that's a lot to take in. And I know it's hard. And I want to share with you something very personal because I don't want you to think that I'm just here preaching this and not living this. There are two people in my life that I have had to disassociate with. And I had to love them from the biblical definition. One is my sister-in-law who identifies as a homosexual. She previously identified as a believer. We have had a lot of conversations with her about it and they've been healthy conversations and she asked a lot of questions. But in the end, she is choosing to continue down that road of homosexuality. And that is a denial of Christ. And in accordance to God's word, we had to disassociate with her. And guys, that has been so hard because both my wife and myself, we were really close to her in the past. And it, this decision has broken up the family and it's made my wife and I the outcasts because we are loving my sister-in-law in a biblical way. We cannot accept the lifestyle she's choosing to live. That would not be loving her. And it is hard. And the second is my father. And I'll tell you that that is hard. In 2016, I found out that my father was cheating on my mother and had left her. My father worked at a church. We grew up in the church. And as far as anybody that knew him was concerned, he was a follower of Jesus and a believer. And he cheated on my mom, left my mom, they divorced, remarried this woman. And I had to have a conversation with my dad. I, need, I needed to know where he stood and I needed to make sure that he understood the gospel. So I sat down with him. We went to a cafe and I sat down with him and we had a conversation and I shared the gospel message with him. And we had a conversation and I said, dad, I said, you are choosing to live in a lifestyle of sin because you, you, you cheated on your wife with this woman. You divorced my mother and now married this woman you are having an affair with. And you're accepting that and you are not recognizing it as a wrong or as a sin. And I need to know where you stand. They said, Jesus teaches us that we need to grow. We cannot continue to live 
and a lifestyle of sin. I need to know where you're at. And my dad said something that was absolutely heartbreaking. He said, well, I guess I'm just not willing to do that. And that broke my heart because that was a rejection of Christ. So I had to choose to love him the only way I know how. And that is disassociating myself with my father because he is choosing to live a sexually immoral life. And I have not spent any quality time with my father since 2016. I have not spoken to my father now in probably six months. But if I truly love my sister-in-law, if I truly love my father, how in the world could I continue to associate with them, accepting and encouraging their lifestyle of choice? Because association is acceptance. So this isn't just theory. I know the pain that comes with loving. I know the hurt that comes with offending somebody. But if we do not love the way God calls us to love church, we are going to live in the most deprived state this world has ever seen. So are you loving those in your life? All right. Well, that is it for the show today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can email me anytime at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. If you are interested in some of our training material, you may go to www.bethechurch.training. Thank you.